Good morning, and welcome to this presentation produced by the Laurel Heights Church of Christ, McAllen, Texas. If you are not regularly attending our services, we welcome you and invite you to visit our website and get in touch with us. Let's read the Bible together. That can be arranged, and we would be delighted to meet you. Two weeks ago today, I started a three-sermon series, and I called it Three Preachers, Three Sermons. I want to go back over that. First, on April the 12th, we let Solomon preach to us from the pages of the book of Ecclesiastes. In chapter 2, he described the vanity of seeking fulfillment in what life under the sun offers. Solomon described that journey into self-indulgence, and he said it was vanity. And the strongly implied message from that passage is, don't do what I did. Last Sunday, April the 19th, we listened to the Apostle Paul preach in Athens from the pages written by Luke in the book of Acts. Paul's sermon was about God. We were made in his image, and we need God in our lives. Paul said we should seek after him, find him, serve him. Because of what Jesus did, that is possible, and it is the life we are invited to have through the gospel. Now today, Solomon's sermon was eloquent based on real-life experience, and the Holy Spirit caused his experience to be documented as a warning to us. Paul, the apostle, in a circumstance where many would be silent, spoke up, to a community loaded down under the weight of idolatry, affirming the truth about the Creator. We are thankful for both of these men and especially God's use of them to instruct and motivate us. Today, as you are turning to the book of Matthew, chapter 5, may I introduce you to the perfect preacher, Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 5, I'm going to introduce the perfect preacher, Jesus Christ. Every sermon he delivered glorified God. Every sermon was perfectly suited to the needs of his audience, accompanied by perfect example of how to live, always connected to the reality of eternity. You can't get better. Jesus Christ is and will always be the perfect preacher. I want to talk to you this morning and again this evening about the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus preaches on kingdom citizenship. See, Jesus has a kingdom, a people, sometimes called the church or the body. If you are not a citizen in his kingdom, you can read the New Testament and discover how to enter the kingdom and how to live as a good citizen in his kingdom. Remember, I extended an invitation a few minutes ago for visitors to get in touch with us. Let's study together about this kingdom, what it means, how you can be blessed by your response to the gospel, your entrance into the kingdom. Well, this sermon in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 speaks to kingdom citizenship. How are we to behave as people who live under the authority of the King of Kings. 
in two sermons today. I can't address all the details, all the verses. I urge you, though, to read these three chapters, and there are four things I want to address with you today, two this morning and two at 5 p.m. What is kingdom citizenship? What attitudes? What responses? What character development to those who have made the choice to live under the authority of the King of Kings? What kind of life day after day should be lived? What is kingdom citizenship? I'm going to say four things about it today. Kingdom citizenship is internal, influential, invested, and inquisitive. I'm hitting highlights, and my objective is to connect and reconnect us with these principles so perfectly communicated by the Master Teacher, Jesus Christ. Let's begin. Kingdom citizenship is internal. Here's what I mean. Becoming and being a citizen in the kingdom of Christ comes from inside you. The Bible term is the heart, not the physical heart, no, inside you, your mind. The crude expression is between your ears. Enlightened and moved by the gospel of Christ, you make a choice to leave sin and to receive forgiveness from a gracious God through Christ. That choice comes from inside you. It is first internal. From that internal change of heart about your life, you do what the apostles said, faith, repentance, baptism. And then that internal finds expression in all the other outward acts required and set forth by the apostles of Christ. As a citizen of the kingdom of Christ, you develop your whole life from the inside out. So that how you live, your external life, what's on the outside, is caused by the internal commitment you've made and continue to make to righteousness. Now, there is this emphasis in the Sermon on the Mount. I'm going to read now in Matthew 5, verses 3 through 9. Blessed are the poor in heart, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. What is being described here in these Beatitudes? I believe Paul Earnhardt, in his book, Invitation to a Spiritual Revolution, is right when he says, This is a composite description of every citizen in the kingdom. A composite description of every citizen in the kingdom of Christ. Once I've obeyed the command to be baptized... I'm born into the kingdom. This is what I should be inside that finds expression outside in how I live. 
Just look at these descriptions and note their internal location. Poor in spirit, that's inside. Those who mourn, meek, pure in heart. These are attitudes or inner qualities which find expression externally in the way we respond to God and treat people and live as biblically informed people. The Sermon on the Mount begins with a description of heart content, what is inside the kingdom citizen. Kingdom citizenship is internal, and the internal produces good external life experience. Now, these spiritual qualities cannot be bought with money, earned by performance, inherited, or accidentally acquired. The internal attitudes and qualities seen in the Beatitudes come into us only in one way, our submission to the King of Kings, our reception of the forgiveness that He died for us to have, our love for Him, our imitation of Him, our obedience to Him, You don't go to some religious store and buy these. You come to the cross, give your life to the Savior. You can't just read a book about these or listen to a sermon about these. Only in wholehearted submission to the King are these inner qualities fully embraced and then expressed in life. Kingdom citizenship is internal. Let me make this same point from another place in Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to read now in Matthew 5, verses 21 and 22. You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment, Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. Let me read another. Same section, Matthew 5. I'm now down at verses 27 and 28. You have heard that it was said, You shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now, uh, what is the point of this? Jesus doesn't just legislate against the act of murder. He addresses the internal attitude, heart content. Jesus doesn't just speak against the act of adultery. He speaks to the inner attitude, heart content, lust. Kingdom, citizenship, is internal. In submission to Jesus Christ, the forgiven person can develop a good heart, right attitudes, and this initiates, this produces good external living. It may remind us of a statement in Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Later in Matthew, Jesus said we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind. Matthew 22, 37. Kingdom citizenship begins and continues 
from the inside with a mind changed by hearing God and knowing Christ. My second observation for this morning, kingdom citizenship is influential. Kingdom citizenship is influential. I'm back in Matthew chapter 5, and I'm reading now verses 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. If I take my sinful life to the cross of Christ, and in simple submission, I repent, confessing my faith, I'm baptized into Jesus, entering the kingdom. As these internal qualities are developed and my life is changed, I'm equipped by God to be salt and light for others. I will say, if you are a faithful kingdom citizen with the heart content that is captured by the Beatitudes, you will be the light to those who are in darkness. God uses his people, kingdom citizens, like a spark of light to those who are in the dark. Now, what does light do? It shows the way. It guides. It is the opposite of the gloomy, blank, and empty existence many are living in. Kingdom citizenship is influential. It reaches out with light. You can't save people yourself, but that light you provide can lead the way to the Savior. When we live under the authority of the king, there is a distinct and peculiar character that we exhibit. I do not mean that we openly market ourselves as saints. This is not about, look at me, see how good I am, look what I did, no. This doesn't say, shine your light on yourself. Just be a kingdom citizen. In your submission to Jesus Christ, as those inter-qualities develop, this happens. Kingdom citizenship creates this external influence that is good for people. Not only glorifies God, not only helps you, it's good for people. Quoting Brother Earnhardt, the metaphors Jesus chose to illustrate the critical nature of the kingdom's calling were fashioned out of common household materials. Not a house in Palestine was without some salt or a lamp to chase away the evening gloom. The world of men, because of sin, was putrefying in the darkness. Citizens of heaven's kingdom were destined to be the salt to stay sin's rot, and the light to penetrate its dark despair. Still, Jesus warned his disciples that the world they intended to preserve, they also might lose. The kingdom of heaven was not intended to turn 
inward upon itself, like some giant monastery, its citizens were not intended to live in grand isolation. Let me comment on that. There is a widespread temptation seen in people who speak favorably of Christ, claim their faith and hope in Him, but inside they want to keep it all in a little private sphere. No connection with other Christians, but more to the point here, no visible faith among people. It is all just a little private deal inside. Citizens of heaven's kingdom are salt and light to call people out of darkness, to influence people around them. The kingdom of heaven was not intended to turn inward into itself like some giant monastery. It will never do to just have a private, silent, hidden faith, just living like everybody around you, but concealing the little light that you try to contain inside in a basket. I need to ask myself, in the light of this, what do people see when they get to know me? I'm not going to wear a sign that is ostentatious or boastful. I'm not going to get in someone's face and aggressively pound them with Scripture. What I'm talking about now is what people see in us. If you've been born into the kingdom, baptized into Christ, what do people see in you that reflects your membership in the body of Christ and your kingdom citizenship? Honesty, purity, meekness, what do they hear you speak of your Savior? Do they see you treating people with justice and kindness? Do people see you walk away from temptations toward God? Do they see a good marriage? Do they see good parenting, devotion to worship, involvement with a sound local church? What is your imprint? When people see what you post on social media, or receive what you forward in emails. What do they learn about you? What does all that say about you? Self-control, peace, conviction, wisdom. There is a distinctiveness of life and character that should be visible in those who have internalized the life and mind and sacrifice of Christ. So let me wrap up this session by reminding us that when we read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, we are listening to the best preacher ever, the perfect preacher, the perfect person, who in his perfection went so far as to give himself for us on the cross so we can be forgiven and be a citizen in his kingdom. In faith that is active in repentance and baptism, one enters his kingdom, the church. Then what? What kind of life is expected? What kind of continued response should those people be delighted to offer to God? In the Sermon on the Mount, we discover what God expects of those who are committed to his Son. And we've unpacked this morning two parts of that. One, kingdom citizenship must come from inside. It is internal. All the external obedience should be products 
of a whole heart devoted to God and His Son, instructed by the written word given by the Holy Spirit. Number two, as a pure heart produces daily obedience, our light shines before men, urging them to glorify God through their response to the gospel and their faithful citizenship in the kingdom. I may be speaking to people this morning who are not citizens of Christ's kingdom. We would love to have further opportunity to speak to you about these matters. The Internet makes it so easy for you to get in touch with us and stay in touch with us. Use our Facebook page or website to get in touch with us. We will make arrangements to read the Bible and study with you further. To those who are citizens of the kingdom of Christ, we hope and pray these sermons today will further enrich your knowledge and motivation to keep your light shining before men that they may see your good works and glorify the God of heaven. Thank you for listening.